Welcome to the Church of Leaders podcast. My name is Evan Anderson. I want to excitedly tell you that I think you're a fantastic leader, and I hope that I can help equip you just a little bit today in being a better leader of yourself and of those around you. I believe positively that today you're going to learn something, so I hope to give you a little something good to get. So I'm going to get right into it, and what that thing is that's going to be good to get is that we're starting a series called The Seven Deadly Leadership Habits. Now, The Seven Deadly Leadership Habits are a seven specific habits, not just actions, but habits that leaders do that cause a toxic, deadly culture. This is a culture of team members that want to jump ship, they want to get out of there. If you ever ask them, like, hey, did you talk to your leader about it? They go, no, because it was a terrible work environment. These are seven deadly things that by doing any of these things, you increase the death on your team, not the life on your team. So how do these things work? How do they play out? A whole bunch of different ways. We're going to cover it over the next seven episodes. And the reason being is that each one of them have a very specific identity that we need to make sure that we address. And so in doing that, we're going to address every single one with its own time. Some of them are going to be shorter. Some of them are going to be longer. Uh, today's about a medium-sized one. But before we get into anything, I want to give you the seven deadly leadership habits. So number one is moving the goalposts. Number two is abusing meetings. Number three is opening and not closing cans of worms. Number four is your Superman complex. Number five is abusing feedback. Number six is inputting negative, expecting positive. And number seven is positional leadership. That one's going to be fun, but it's also going to hurt a little bit. Um, <laughs> all right, so today we want to talk about abusing meetings. The reason why is because... Um, so I, I, one of my favorite quotes in talking about like leading from a position of power from a particular place, like specifically, is um, I've heard uh, Pastor Randy Bazette as well as uh, Chris Hodges talk about their places of uh, places of ministering to their congregations. Um, Pastor Randy has said that the only time you get to lead your entire congregation all at once is from the pulpit. Now, this is an incredible statement because it is true that you, an entire mass of people gets to be led all at the same time or pastored all at the same time from one specific place. So for you, leader, when you are calling a meeting for your entire team, I'm not just talking about one-on-one uh, -on -one meetings. I'm talking about meetings with your whole team. Now, these things are going to apply in meetings one-on-one -on -one as well, but we're specifically covering meetings with your whole team. So meetings with when you call a meeting with your whole team you have that specific moment and opportunity to take advantage and lead everybody all at the same time so if you want to do that you want to do that right we got four things that i want to cover with you so that you know whether you're doing it right or wrong so let's start by the cardinal sin of abusing meetings number one how do you abuse a meeting showing up late and starting your meeting late See, the reality is a good, poised, self-disciplined leader can make sure to be there on time and end the meeting on time at the same time. Those are two very important things that you have to balance in your meetings because as a leader, you hold two types of positions in every single meeting. Number one is that you're spearhead and number two is that you are the moderator. You have to moderate the discussion that's happening so you get to the point of it. But number two is that you are the spearhead. You have to get to that point as well as moderate the discussion. See, because the thing is, is that if you don't get to the point, nobody else will, but you need everyone else to arrive there as well. So 
timeliness is the first and foremost best way to get that under underway. And so I want to give you a little tool, a little tip, a little trick. You can try this. It's, it's kind of a fun way to get your team to see the necessity behind it. So here's what you do. When you are going to have your meeting, uh, what you do is you say, like, say your meeting's going to start, uh, say it's a lunch meeting, it's going to start at 1230 sharp, because you're going to uh, buy lunch for your team, and you're going to spend the time discussing with your team, uh, let's just say some goals or things for the next quarter. So let's say it starts at 1230. At 1230, on a dot, you go lock your door. And anybody who is not in there, they do not get to have free lunch. Now, here's why this is kind of fun. You can let them back in if they want, but it gives them a symbolic, physical, real opportunity to feel a door locked, to feel that, that, that opportunity to want to get in the room, but it's too late. The meeting has already started, okay? Now, like I said, you can have grace for them and let them in later if you want. That's totally fine. Here's what you're wanting to do. You want to get the point across. That's the idea. If you can get the point across, then they can understand better why it's so important to be on time. And you need to tell your team to let them lock the door for you too. See, here's what's fun about this. It goes both ways. Leadership sins and habits that are, that are deadly to your team oftentimes are practiced by the leader, not by your team which means that you may be the one who's late more often and causing the meetings to end late more often. It's really important to make sure you're not doing that, especially because number two, our second point is to stay on point and get to the point. See, you can discuss some stuff and that could be really fun, but you need to get to the point. At some time in your meeting, you called this meeting for some reason. There's an agenda behind it. There's a goal that is to be achieved by the time you reach the end of your meeting. So you need to get that done at some point. If you get in the meeting and you find out it's gonna go longer, that's different. But you do need to get to a point where you can realize, I need to schedule another meeting for this, or I need to get through this. Say, for instance, you guys, uh, your meeting, your whole team's coming together for one specific reason, and that is this. You gotta problem solve something. There's some issue, some fire you gotta put out, and you need to problem solve together. If you get to the end of your meeting and no one has problem solved or gotten through or put the fire out or done anything that was supposed to happen, then you have to call another meeting to do the exact same thing. That is not a good use of your time. That is what will cause you to have the following symptoms, okay? If you are having meetings with your team and you have people who are non-contributors, they sit in the back and they do not talk, they don't do anything to really contribute to the meeting. If you have people who are in there who are cutting up and they just talk and they do whatever, those are two symptoms that you are not staying on point and getting the meeting's agenda done yourself. You are the leader. It's on you. If you don't do it, who else is going to do it? Everything rises and falls on leadership. John Maxwell says that all the time, and it is true. It's one of those sayings that I hate to hear, but I know it's true. Now, I have a third point that is very near and dear to me because I experienced a lot of abuse personally about it. So listen carefully if you want, uh, but listen through obviously any of the hurt. But Point number three is this, respect your team by asking for permission. Okay, so meetings that you are having with your team should be permission-based. Your meetings with your team is a request of you as a leader 
most of the time of your team. This is a request. This is permission. Yes, I understand if they don't want to be a part of the meetings, they don't want to be a team player, then maybe they shouldn't be on the team. We're not talking about evaluating right now. We're just talking about the fact that you need to come at it from a permission perspective. This is not so you can be walked over, but it is for one particular reason, and that is this. If you are leading a team and you're making these expectations and demands of them and not asking for permission and taking care of the fact that they are individuals that you expect to have individual contributions to the team and you're not going to respect that, then it's probably not a good idea for you to be their leader either. See, if you're going to respect them with the opportunity to say yes or no to a meeting, then I'm telling you, you're going to be better off and they're going to respect the meeting more because you treat them this way. So. I'll give you an example of a bad case scenario and a good case scenario with this permission. Okay, bad case scenario. I was on a team. We had a bi-monthly meeting. It was about uh, goals and things we were attend we were gonna uh, attain for the year. So it's myself and other department directors, and we're all meeting, we're going through and stuff like that. And one of the times we're doing this, our manager decides that he goes about five minutes into the meeting, and goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So guys, actually, I want to meet about something else. And we're like, okay, you know, obviously we meet enough and we can talk through some stuff. It's not a big deal. Like we can catch up next time or whatever. So we're all listening. And he goes, well, one of the members of our team is leaving. And we're like, wait, what? And we were not all shocked because of the, somebody leaving. We actually were, pr most of everybody was actually familiar with it. So he was kind of doing this as a formality. But here's what happened is we were all shocked because our leader, our fearless leader here, decided that he wanted to take a meeting where we were already going to be meeting about a different topic and repurpose our meeting. Guys, that is not healthy. My friends, please, fellow leaders, please stop abusing meetings like this. You ask for permission to meet based on an agenda and a time frame. If they don't want to do it, then don't force it. We would have celebrated this person's departure in a celebratory way, but instead of getting opportunity to celebrate like that, we had to spend time not celebrating. We had to spend time basically having a discussion about it, which wasn't even really a discussion as much as it was an informative opportunity. Like, we were informed about it instead of celebrating it because our manager decided to repurpose a meeting that we were already in. So it wasn't a very healthy situation. Now, this is where asking for permission would have been really nice. You guys, do you mind if I do something different in this meeting? Do you mind if we, if I schedule a meeting for something else and if they schedule the meeting to celebrate somebody leaving or things like that? Like that would have been much better. And we would have been, the whole team would have more respect for the leader. The leader showing respect for us. You give what you get, like good stuff. Okay. Here's a great example of where this actually did occur in a healthy way for me. So I was on a team and we were meeting to uh, discuss what it was basically just problem solving meeting. Okay, so one of the things that happened is that in this meeting, um, somebody brought up something that was completely, uh, it wasn't like completely irrelevant, but it was very not immediately relevant. And we started down the road a little bit. And then the leader in the meeting said this, and he it was wonderful. And he said, guys, if you don't mind, I don't see how this is necessary or relevant to our agenda today. And if you don't mind, I would like to not for go further down this road. Does everybody okay with that? And it was a resounding yes. We see your point. I'm telling you, it was incredible. It was about some content rewrite for some stuff, and it was awesome. And it was a great opportunity for this leader to redirect us. Now, here's the thing that's fun. 
is that redirect sent us down the right path and got us to a whole lot more productivity. However, that in that meeting, it led to a lot of good follow-up too because we were productive. Point number four is good meetings are productive meetings. Productive meetings tend to have follow-up. Follow-up on your follow-up, okay? Number one, we wanted to make sure that we were timely. Number two is we needed to stay on point and get to the point. Number three is that we need to be respectful and ask permission. And number four is that please, 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 I'm begging you right now, follow up. Finishing off that meeting with the follow-up execution is ah, icing on the cake. I mean, you want your cake and eat it too. Do some follow-up, okay? And so a good meeting is a productive meeting. A productive meeting has follow-up typically. It could be uh, letting everybody know, hey, congratulations, we've officially executed, or uh, hey, congratulations, the product is live. Hey, the website is live, or the new page is live, or hey, congratulations, everybody, we have achieved yet, you know, said goal based on our meeting. That's the simplest form. The complicated form is, hey, we need to schedule another meeting. Then schedule the meeting. like. You know, what, what are we waiting for? But the fourth point is so important. Your follow through is going to be the one of the things that's that makes meetings successful. People will want to be at your meetings. So a little bit of personal story. So when I was working for a software company, um, I was a part of the professional services department. And the professional services department is a very difficult, uh, it was very, very hard. It was very difficult because it required a high amount of expertise, but the expertise was product specific. So the opportunities to learn were on the job exclusively. Like you, you didn't really have an opportunity to learn these kinds of expertise if you were not, um, if you were not in the industry working on this specific software and all that kind of stuff. So one of the things that occurred was that we found ourselves needing to work through a backlog of work, but we were not sure how to get through all of it because some required different expertise from different team members. So we wanted to find a way to cover all of our bases, cover everybody in getting through stuff. So we decided to do some uh, all team meetings to try to help each other work together, you know, almost like a big workshop. Well, we over time found that it wasn't very helpful. Uh, eventually, we found ourselves fizzling out. You know, some people didn't want to go, some people did want to go, but it wasn't really super helpful. And then uh, more and more meetings as a whole for the whole of our teams. I, and I'm not just saying this one specifically, all of them. I'm, I'm talking about all of them. All of them started to fall off. And so when we did obviously a postmortem to find out what was going on, what we found was that our meetings were not starting on time. They weren't ending on time. We didn't always cover our agenda. Nobody was being asked permission to join the meeting or if you have something more important to do. Um, and then also, and it's unfortunate, but any follow through that was needed or follow up that was needed was not being attained. There was no follow-up meetings. There was no uh, continued education. There was no, uh, hey, I'll help you outside of this type of situations. So as a result, uh, the meetings ended up falling off. And so when we identified these issues, we refigured how we did meetings. Uh, we refigured them and refit them because we still had the same agenda that needed to be hit. But what we realized is that 
some of the stuff we were missing was just courtesy. Some of the stuff that we were missing may not have been courtesy, but it sure as heck was uh, respect and it was honor. And so there was um, these little pieces that were missing. Like, for instance, we started showing up on time and we started making sure that meetings ended on time. We started making sure that everybody was able to be equal contributors because we asked their permission to be in the meeting. So because we respected them, they respected us by contributing. So do not commit one of the deadly leadership habits of abusing meetings on a regular basis. I promise you, it's going to mess you up in the long run. It's not worth it. But that's all the time we got today. That's our big point. Um, That is the deadly leadership habit that we covered today. Remember, this is a habit, not just a task. It's not about the one time you do. It's about the many times. So as a leader, pick yourself up even when you mess up one and work on fixing the next one, not about fixing the past because it's gone. But Other than that, I just want to make sure that you know you can always do better in meetings by being timely, staying on point, getting to the point, making sure that you respect and ask for permission, and also following up on your productive meetings. My name is Evan Anderson. I've been your host today. I hope that you have a fantastic week and a fantastic time with your family, with your teams, with your leaders. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy this life. And I hope to talk to you next time. Bye.